We've all been hurt. We all have scars. And through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we can all overcome and we can all be healed. Welcome to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. Welcome back to the sanctuary, everyone. You know, from an early age, everyone is introduced to the concept of luck and fortune. I go to work and at least once a week, someone is reading fortunes from the newspaper. It's a common question as well. I've had people ask me, you know, what my thoughts are on this kind of stuff. And when they're looking in the Bible and it says it's a sin, it's actually comes up a lot more often than you would think. You know, things like four-leaf clovers, rabbit's feet, pennies that are facing up with certain numbers, eating certain things that coincide with birthdays or holidays, uh, you know, and then other things like broken mirrors, walking under ladders, black cats, spilling the salt, you know, things happening in threes. In the Marine Corps, I was introduced to the superstition that you don't eat the charms candy in your MREs or some great calamity would happen not only to you, but to your unit. And boy, if you got caught challenging that and sticking one of those in your mouth, you better believe something bad was going to happen to you regardless if you were seen. And yet, there are other examples that I really need to point out that are daily occurrences as well here as we get started today. You know, reading horoscopes, tarot readings, gems, oils, the burning of incense, you know, looking at people's auras. Let me make it clear right here, right now. All of these things, karma, praying to the universe, good vibes, sending energy, mother nature, good luck, so on and so forth, are not biblical. They are not of God. They are not of God's nature, and they are not to be messed with by the church, period. The Bible tells us. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 through 13, for those of you who follow along in your Bible. The Bible says, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or cast spells, or who is a medium or spiritist, or who consults with the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord because of these same detestable practices. The Lord, your God, will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord, your God. Wow, that's a lot there. You know, now to start with, human sacrifice, including that of children and other occult practices, are strictly prohibited by God. You know, these are the things that were common among pagans who didn't know God and worshipped ancient religions and false gods such as Moloch. All right, you see, 
it was an important part of their religion to appease their very angry god or gods. Uh, and they believed that this was the ultimate sacrifice to appease them by sacrificing their children. All right, and, and you, we can see more on this in Leviticus chapter 20, verses 2 through 5, where the Bible tells us that if anyone who lived in Israel made one of these sacrifices, they were to be put to death. All right, and, and, and it's not just the Israelites, anyone in Israel, all right. They didn't go to jail. They didn't pass go. They didn't collect $200. They met death. God has no tolerance for these things. Other neighboring religions used other supernatural means as well. You know, like trying to contact the spirit world for guidance and to foresee the future. Trying to read bones and all that kind of stuff. These practices are so against God that God would drive these pagan nations out and send the Israelites in to introduce proper worship of the one true God instead. That's that's pretty big right there. You know, it's modern day equivalent of, hey, we're sending in the Marines. You know, we're, something's wrong and we got to get these fixed. You know, now, of course, doing this, the Israelites, like any one of us, they were curious about the land that they were going into. You know, we're curious about just going to a new place in town, so who can blame them? You know, it's like, hey, have you checked out that new restaurant or whatever? Curiosity is there. It's human nature. You know, and of course, part of the curiosity, you know, that they that they had included questions about the occult practices of the Canaanite religions. And make no mistakes, all of these things are exactly that, and Satan is behind these practices. So God flat out forbid having anything to do with this stuff. You know, and today people are still hooked in the horoscopes, witchcraft, fortune telling, and the like. We have countless stories and shows about them. Books, you could fill libraries just about the, this subject alone. And let me tell you, Satan is just as dangerous today as he was back then. When we have the Holy Spirit guiding us, we don't need to even consider the temptations Satan puts in front of us. Deuteronomy chapter 12, uh, looking at verses 29 through 31. So Deuteronomy chapter 12, 29 through 31, the Bible says, The Lord your God will cut off before you the nations you are about to invade and dispossess. But when you have driven them out, and settled in their land. And after they have been destroyed before you, be careful not to be ensnared by inquiring about their gods, saying, how do these nations serve their gods? We will do the same. You must not worship the Lord your God in their way, because in worshiping their gods, they do all kinds of detestable things the Lord hates. They even burn their sons and daughters in the fire as sacrifices to their gods. So in other words, this is not one of those win in Rome situations. All right? It's okay to be curious. Again, that's human nature. However, this is one of those times when we're all like children. You know, The father has said, no, don't touch it. Leave it alone. Yet, people are still gravitating 
to it like kids looking at that candy in the, in the store. You know, and, and it's such a big deal that God, he didn't even want the Israelites to ask about the pagan religions. That, that That's how much idolatry was there. And, and with, when it comes to idolatry, it is so easy to get pulled into even the things that seem to be harmless. And we see a lot of that today still, don't we? You know, those little white lies, those victimless crimes, you know, and, and we do them once. And the next thing we know, we're doing them over and over and they become a habit, you know. Uh, heck, just look at how people drive. People know what the speed limit is. People know how to signal and to use their headlights. Yet, none of us can take a trip down the road without seeing at least one person out there just doing their own thing, ignoring all of it. And here's God saying, don't do it. You better don't. You see... Much like the Israelites, we're just as curious. We're curious too. However, that same curiosity can trip us up. When it comes to these practices, we need to be obedient. We need to resist that curiosity. As hard as it is, that's what we need to do. Now, if we turn over to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 31, the Bible says, do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. You know, ter oh, before I even go into this, just the word defiled. It means stained, all right? Stained. You're going to be hurt by them in some way, all right? Tarot reading, palm reading, etc., all of that stuff, it is all nonsense. They're not talking to a guardian angel or a lost relative or any of that kind of stuff. What they're doing is they're keying in the things that you say or using certain guiding questions to get you to fill in those gaps so that you think that they're giving you the answers that you want. You know, And if they are speaking to anyone, it's not an angel and it's not God. Straight up, it is a demon. It is a demonic entity, plain and simple. Miss Cleo and Otome Brown can't help you. Move along. If we go back just a little further, Leviticus chapter 18. Leviticus chapter 18, verse 24. The Bible says, do not defile yourselves in any of these ways, because this is how the nations that I'm going to drive out before you became defiled. See, God's telling us, don't even risk it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. These nations became plagues unto themselves. They were their own downfall, their own undoing. They had so much evil within them that God said, you know what? Enough is enough, and it's time for a change. We've all heard, if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. And if you play with this fire, that fire that you're playing with, you risk burning in hell for eternity. It's that dangerous, whether we realize it or not. Mark chapter 8, verse 37, the Bible says, Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You see, Satan uses these things to get that foot into the door of your heart. And by using them, you're allowing the enemy entry. You might as well open the door and have a neon light that says, Come on in. Make yourself comfortable. 
You know, it's just like those vampire movies. You know, they can't come into your home unless you give them permission. Yet once you do, boy, are you in trouble. You see, to the enemy, it is a game. And it is a game that they're that they're setting up in their own favor. Just like a casino. You know, that's why you see things like Ouija boards and eight balls and, and, all, and the like. They're all sold as kids games. You, that's where you find them, in the game section. And where's that? Usually in the kids section or right next to it with the toys and stuff. So while they seem harmless, you're gambling with your soul. So join me now in Deuteronomy chapter 9. Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 4, the Bible says, After the Lord your God has driven them out before you, do not say to yourself, the Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. No. No. It is on account of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is going to drive them out before you. The Lord is the one who's doing it. This is a warning. And it actually calls back just a little bit further to Deuteronomy 8. Because in Deuteronomy 8, verses 17 and 18, the Bible says, You may say to yourself, my power and the strength in my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors, as it is today. We get caught up like children. I just said it a little bit ago. We get caught up like children. We start running at full speed. And soon... We get confident to the point of arrogance. Instead of remembering that it was the Lord, that it was the Father who carried us through, we started thinking that it was our own merits that got us so far. So when we had these temptations in front of us, we start thinking, hey, you know what? I got this. I'm the one in control. It's not going to be a problem. And it, and it becomes an addiction, just like alcohol, drugs, or anything else that the enemy puts out there. We start to dabble. And before long, we lose control. And we're sucked in. And ultimately, like any addict, we will end up forfeiting our own lives if we don't turn to the Father and ask for help. And actually follow His guidance. The best way from getting to keep from getting to that point, the absolute best way, is just to follow his guidance from the start. And it's right here in the Bible. It's right here. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. So again, Proverbs 22, verse 6. The Bible says, Start your children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. You see... Parents want to be able to control every aspect of their children's lives. We do. We want to protect them. We don't want them to get hurt. Yet children need to have that freedom to learn and that freedom to choose. After all, we're not always going to be here, so they have to learn. Otherwise, they won't learn, and in the long run, they're going to be hurt because of it. You know, those people who, who are sheltered and 
you know, those parents that just keep them in and they could try to control what they're watching, it will backfire. It will backfire. Whether it's at your friends or wherever. So what we need to do is to teach. Instead of trying to control everything, parents teach the children. And they teach them how to go about evaluating things and how to make that right choice. And that, that is what God is doing with us. He's given us the information and he's watching to see if we make the right choice. You know, like any parent, he knows we're going to have missteps. We're going to stumble and we're going to fall. And he's waiting to see us learn and do the right things. Just like a toddler learning to walk. You get up, crawl, fall down, get back up, repeat till finally you're walking, right? You're moving forward. You see, God has told us to leave these tools of Satan alone. But it's on us to gather the information to actually recognize them and to make that choice. See, we need to look up to the Father and trust Him instead of looking down to the pit of fire. Isaiah chapter 65 so in Isaiah 65, verses 11 through 16, the Bible says, But as for you who, for, who forsake the Lord and forget my holy mountain, who spread a table for fortune and fill bowls of mixed wine for destiny, I will destine you for the sword, and all of you will fall in the slaughter. For I called... But you did not answer. I spoke, but you did not listen. You did evil in my sight and chose what displeases me. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My servants will eat, but you will go hungry. My servants will drink, but you will go thirsty. My servants will rejoice, but you will be put to shame. My servants will sing out of the joy of their hearts, but you will cry out from anguish of heart and wail in brokenness of spirit. You will leave your name for my chosen ones to use in their curses. The sovereign Lord will put you to death, but his servants he will give another name. Whoever invokes a blessing in the land will do so by the one true God. Whoever takes an oath in the land will swear by the one true God. For the past troubles will be forgotten and hidden from my eyes. Wow. You know, today, just like back then, people are indeed worshiping the same gods. They may go by different names, but they are the same gods, fortune and destiny. Or depending on the translation of your Bible, it may be read as Gad and Nenai. You know, they believe that their lives and their futures are controlled by some mystical force that they can somehow tap into. Their morals can often be questionable because they don't 
really believe that having them matters. They're in denial that we have a God who cares and loves everyone, who wants to help us and deeply wants to have a relationship with each of us. The Bible is clearly showing that there are two types of people here, especially in verses 13 through 16. On one hand, you have those who trust and follow God. On the other hand, those who don't and instead follow after idols. So what happens when you give a foothold to Satan and start worshiping idols? Well, turn with me to the end of your Bible. Let's turn straight to Revelation. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. So in Revelation 21, verse 8, the Bible says, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolater, the excuse me, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Right here, God is telling us one more time that we cannot abandon Christ. Just the term cowardly is being used here to define those who would seek the temporary safety here on earth of not standing up for what God has told us. Those who bend to the ways of the world. Those people pleasers with no backbone, no intestinal fortitude. See, they're so afraid of it, you know, that they're going to offend somebody, you know, by saying something is wrong here, that this this should not be done, you know, that they you know, they'll they'll read or ask for their fortune and they'll go along with the stuff that other people are doing, you know. The the palm reader, the 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 aura readings. You know, the play with the magic eight ball and so on and so forth. You know, all these things that I mentioned and then some. And guess what? It says right here, right here, they are grouped in with all these others who have turned from God. And his word tells us they will be condemned to the second death. That permanent separation from God that comes with the condemnation to hell. All right, the first death is when when we pass, you know, we pass away here on earth, and we we go before Jesus for the judgment. The second death is when we get to that judgment, and if we haven't chosen Jesus and we're not Christians, we're not doing the right thing. We've turned from God. That second death is when we're permanently separated. See, God has given us all the choice. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 6. The Bible says, You, Lord, have abandoned your people, the descendants of Jacob. They are full of superstitions from the east. They practice divination like the Philistines and embrace pagan customs. As much as it hurts him, he will let us walk away. We have the choice. See, and while the scripture here reads as though he abandons us, it's actually the other way around. You see, when we choose to turn and to walk away, he lets us. As painful as it is for him, he lets us. And much like any father, matter of fact, just like the father in the parable of the prodigal son, 
he waits for us to turn around and come back. You know, that, that little moment where we, we you know, we, are, we have a little clarity. It's like, oh, dude, I messed up. I, I need to go back. See, we need to choose him. So he waits for us to turn around. He waits for us to go back to him and to choose him. And there's there's no doubt about it. We are all prodigals at some point in our life. We are all prodigals. And just like the prodigal son, we can all return to the Father. We can all return to the Father. We know we can repent and we can return to the Father because the Bible tells us so. In Luke chapter 15, so Luke chapter 15, verse 10, uh, the Bible says, In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. We're all precious to him. We are all of value to him. Jesus is waiting for us to choose him, to look only to him. A child's pain hurts the parents. Our pain hurts him too. Need proof? You want proof? I'll give it to you. The shortest verse in the Bible is about his pain. Lazarus was dead. His family was in mourning. And what did Jesus do? John chapter 11, verse 35. The Bible says, Jesus wept. He knew Lazarus was coming back, but the pain of his children hurt just the same. So when we repent and we surrender ourselves to him, it's a great thing. Even he rejoices. Angels rejoice. Right there in Luke, it says, when we repent and we turn to him, there's a party in heaven. There's a party because of you, because of me, for all of us who turn to God. You know, it's just like these videos that we see on social media, you know, you know, when a, a service member has been away for a long time and they come home and they surprise their family and they sneak up behind them, you know, it and it brings their families great joy. You know, it's just like that, only bigger. So don't get caught up in, in what the world calls chance. Chance is for the lost. The Roman soldiers who crucified Jesus played a game of chance to divide his clothing. With God there, there is no chance. In hell, there is no chance. Hence the term, no chance in hell. Everything has a divine purpose. Psalm chapter 90, verse 17, the Bible says, May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. There's no such thing as luck. The very word luck, it implies that God is not in control. He is. He absolutely is. Furthermore, we don't need luck when we have God. God favors his children. We have God's favor. While we have questions, some of those questions are better saved for when we're in his presence. So until then, we must stay focused on his word and be obedient to it. And while we do that, we have the opportunity 
to turn the table on Satan and his idols. Instead of wishing someone luck, instead, pray for them and God's favor in their endeavors. God is all we need. Thank you for tuning in to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. If you would like to know more about our ministry or how you can support us, you can find us on Facebook at Be The Light Sanctuary or you can go to our website at BeTheLightSanctuary.org. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. God bless.